Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. I've learned that it's really hard to say Christ's. There's too many like tss yeah in there. <laughs> and, and the in church right after is, is really hard too. <laughs> I promise I speak English, but I struggle sometimes with that. But anyway, welcome to our episode, uh, the, the creeds and confessions as we are calling it. Um, if you've noticed, we're no longer putting creeds and confessions in the episode titles. We're just titling this Augsburg Confession, Article 5, for example, of the ministry. Um, and that's because one, every single episode was just saying creeds and confessions and you couldn't really see the back end. So it just to avoid confusion, um, but also just, you know, by now that we're in a creeds and confessions um, segment of our podcast every Friday. Uh, and so today we're, we're continuing our way through the Augsburg Confession. Uh, if you're new to our podcast, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to get caught up, you can go back and listen to the other four articles. Um, but today we're going to be talking about uh, the article that is titled Of the Ministry. So Lucas, do you want to read that? Sure. Article 5 of the Ministry. That we may obtain this faith, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. For through the word and sacraments, as through instruments, the Holy Ghost is given, who works faith, where and when it pleases God in them that hear the gospel, to wit, that God, not for our own merits, but for Christ's sake, justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. They condemn the Anabaptists and others who think that the Holy Ghost comes to men without the external word through their own preparations and works. Um, so right off the bat, to save time, there's this part where it talks about the Holy Ghost works faith where and when it pleases God and them that hear the gospel, uh, to wit that God, not for our own merits, for Christ's sake, justifies we talked about that last week, so we don't need to get into the description of what they mean by faith because they've already explained that in Article 4 of Justification. We've already talked about that. Um, but we, we want to focus on what this article is really getting at is the role that the means of grace play, different means of grace play in the delivery of the, the gospel, the delivery of the Holy Ghost, as they say, um, in order to to uh, work faith in, in an individual person's life, right? Um, and I don't know if there's anything like glaring that jumped out at you right away, but um, for me, the most like interesting part is actually the the condemnation in this one. Hmm. So you know they've been they've been c- condemning the Anabaptists and Pelagians and Arians, you know, throughout the confession so far. So that's nothing new. But what's really interesting is the idea of of what they're sort of condemning and what they're pushing back against that with this idea that the Holy Ghost just kind of appears to people, that the Spirit just kind of gives faith to people willy for nilly. no reason, yeah, willy nilly, <laughs> um, you know, through their own preparations and works. You know, that sounds maybe a little more Pelagian, like I do you know you know i I prepare my heart by being a really good person by seeking after god so then 
the Holy Spirit sees that and he fills my heart and gives me faith. But also, I, I, I don't know how, you know, I don't know, I don't know what this plays into like modern day stuff, but just the idea of the, 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 the spirit is tied to things specifically, uh, teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments, word and sacrament. He doesn't just regenerate you on the street magically, if that makes sense. He doesn't just come into your heart when you're baking a cake because you he decided that you deserved it or he decided that he was going to choose you. Um, he decided that he was going to choose you, even though you didn't deserve it. And he used the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments, right? And that, that's, what, that's what's being said here. Well, let's just it, give it, like a really practical example, though, um, to yeah. kind of put, to put this uh, you know, into a real-life situation. So imagine, and this is probably true, there's, there, there are unreached people groups in the world, right? But there are also people groups that have never had contact made with them. Like there are probably like some remote people groups in maybe like the Amazon or um, Tasmania. I don't know. But like on these remote islands where people have literally not made contact from the quote unquote outside world. And so in a way, what we're saying here is that those people who have never encountered the gospel, who have never heard the word preached, um, are not just going to be like snap regenerated um, to, to be given new life. It doesn't happen that way. That's not the, the, the means in which it's accomplished. And so that's part of why uh, missions are so important. That's why it's important to go to the ends of the earth, to, uh, to learn languages, to translate the Bible, to preach in native tongues. Uh, this is part of the mystery even of ministry as humans, that like this God who has foreknown who his people are going to be, works not only through instruments and means, so word and sacrament, but he works through the means of people and people living in this world and going out further into the world. Um, I don't know if that's fair or accurate to say, but that that that's I think that's sort of what this is getting at, is that people come to know Christ, come to know uh, the love of Christ because the word is proclaimed and, and sacraments are administered. Right, and... In order to do that, the ministry was was instituted, right. as it says here in the in this first sentence, and that's exactly what, like you just said, the instruments of word and sacrament and the instruments of people, the the people wielding the instruments of word and sacrament. If we could say it that, I mean, God's wielding the instruments of word and sacrament, but but He's using the ministry, the minister of the gospel, to do so which is why he has set up a community of faith where people gather around word and sacrament delivered to them by, by people called to do so in different capacities, you know, overseers and elders and priests and deacons and, and preachers and evangelists and apostles, you know, all the different, we, we, you know, different roles we can see in ministry in the new Testament, all the different roles that, that continue to, to, to today, um, those are instituted by God for the purpose of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments because through word and sacrament as an instrument, the Holy Ghost is given to people. And it's really important because it's, it's 
it on it, it it cuts against a lot of the like in retrospect sort of disembodied christianity that i feel like i grew up in same in a lot of ways yeah. um where it's i mean obviously like the bible was very centric in my growing up experience and tradition and and teaching was very important in understanding it um but the the connection to to the spirit the the you know beyond beyond just the information it it wasn't very concrete if that makes sense and, and disembodied is a really good word that you used for it like there's a lot of a lot of depth to contemplating that like because you're talking about a church which ought to be the body of christ um but in a sense is disembodied <laughs> um I did, it is <laughs> didn't even think of that <laughs> it's yeah there's there's a lot of depth there um yeah uh, yeah and i mean that's this is something this is getting at something that in my own life has worked out it by growing into a sacramental liturgical tradition because that that embodiedness is much more present in well, much more apparent. obviously yeah. present much yeah. more apparent thank you in um in my experience in those a sacramental tradition which lutheranism is a sacramental tradition as we'll especially come to see in a couple of weeks when we actually get to the sacraments. But um, the the preaching of the word is a means of grace and the Lord's Supper and baptism are means of grace. These are, these are different media means where grace is actually communicated. The, the Holy Spirit actually is communicated and given to people through these means. And that's the way God intended it. That's why, again, the ministry was instituted um, for the purpose of bringing people to faith by the Holy Spirit through, through you know, when it pleases God, right? Um, not this sort of, like we said, willy-nilly, disembodied. I'm, it, you, you know, it cuts against the, the you know, Almost I meet like Jesus G- out. Yeah, like Jesus, me, and my Bible, but I also go to church just to get fed a little bit, and then I leave. Like, it's that's right. the disembodied nature yeah. of it. Like, it's great to go have your coffee, read the Bible, and pray. It, it More than great. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, that's not church. That's not a substitute for church. That's not doing the same thing that church does. You know, that that's... That's not receiving the sacrament. That's not hearing the word preached. It's a, glorif- and, and it's a glorified country hopefully club. Hopefully rightly kind of. preached. Like it's um, another group that you can it, just join and socialize with. Right. We, we should individually be, be cultivating a, a devotional life of prayer and, and scripture reading and reading you know other works by previous generations of Christians and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we can't pretend that that somehow is, you know, what we need spiritually in and of itself. We we can't baptize ourselves, and we need it. We can't take communion by ourselves. It's not communion, co-union, yeah. if you're <laughs> alone. Um, and you need that. And, and you can't hear the word preached 
if you're by yourself. You know, you can read the word and you can hear God in the word, which he promises, but he also specifically promises to give preachers and teachers to feed us, to to lead us and to teach us and to exhort us and to convict us, you know. Um, and I think that in, in a coming from a uh coming from a a, a broadly evangelical background low church non-denom baptist type um that's not sacramental or traditional in the sense of you know outward forms of worship you know um i think it's really easy to to see what they're saying applied to the word because it's like yeah like why would you ever think that Somebody who's never read the Bible is just going to wake up one day and have the Holy Spirit. Duh. And and what I think is really important and is important to recover for those of us who have lost it is the same is true of the sacraments that Christ instituted. You know, th- those things are, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't not eat <laughs> and expect your body to grow correctly. <laughs> you wouldn't not eat and then expect to just be filled you know, magically, um, you you would never think like that, and I think that this that's what they're getting at in this condemnation at the end of to think that the Holy Ghost comes to men without the external word, um, like that's unthinkable. Like like it just it just doesn't make sense, you know. Hmm. Um, and, and I, I I actually don't don't know if if this would come up later in in the confession necessarily, but that doesn't mean that like we're like I've heard this critique before, like oh you're putting God in a box by saying he's you know he needs water to do this or he needs bread to do that, but it's like not really like God's not bound, God, like I, God is not stuck to the sacraments, but he has chosen to use the sacraments. Like, he's chosen to work this way through word and sacrament preached and administered. And that's how, like, that's how he's chosen to work. So that's how we should approach him, right? Um, and it's it's not limiting him to say that he uses bread and wine to deliver forgiveness of sins and spiritual growth. It's acknowledging the i don't know miraculous gifts that he's given us in his church which is where these things happen um well what's interesting too is god could do it he very easily could just cause his holy spirit to come upon people whenever wherever at any time in any place without any sort of outward means Um, but i think this underscores the reality of of the nature and the purpose of humanity of what we are to do as priests, not just the, the priest or the pastor on Sunday, but um, the, the priesthood of believers. But, um, but, but specifically speaking of pastors, that there's, there's a big responsibility and a big burden on the shoulder of a shepherd, of somebody who's teaching and administering the sacraments. It's not something to take lightly, to be flippant with. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that just makes me so sad, especially in our socio in our political context, I guess I'll say we have, we've made so much of church highly political. We've made 
um, the things that we care most about into talking points. And, you know, we have sermons about Jesus at the movies. And I don't know, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has worked in ways through crooked sticks to make straight paths or however you would say that that cheesy <laughs> phrase. Um, but it, there, there is a reality in which uh, the, the role of a minister, the role of a, a pastor, a shepherd, an overseer, whatever you want to call them, um, it's one that ought to be greatly considered. There ought to be some sort of real and tangible um, calling, not just upon yourself, but one that other people point to and can recognize. Um, because being a pastor isn't just like being a cashier or being a salesman being an insurance agent you don't just enter into it and and think that you can just jump right in um, but there's true inward spiritual devotion there's true um, conviction and and humility and all the other things that are outlined in the different passages of scripture but um, i know that not that none of that's really communicated here but i think it's implicit especially when we consider our modern context that um, that these things ought to be regarded highly so. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have anything else to add. I really love this. Yeah. This article. Um, and just the, like you said, the things that are, that are implicit as well as the things that are explicit. And I think a lot of this will get worked out once we get into For in sure. a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the church and then following that the sacraments. And I think that the, it's going to start to fill in a little bit of what it's saying here, but it'll start to embody. Then, it'll start to, to flesh out flesh out i can't think of any more body puns but beef beef up <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> well then if there's nothing else to say uh we will say thank you for listening to this episode uh, of the doxology podcast uh, we we appreciate your support we appreciate your uh, even your time to listen to us so if you'd like to connect with us if you'd like to tell us how uh how cool we are or how uncool we are you can hit us up on twitter and instagram at doxology podcast or you can email us at doxology at gmail.com we welcome your feedback questions episode ideas whatever else you want to throw our way uh, make sure to sign up for our newsletter uh, because we have some special things happening soon that you're going to want to know about so We'd love to hear from you, and until next time, peace. See ya.